All right, I think we're all set to go. Um, do you want to just start with your name, date of birth, social security number? <laughs> no, <I'd> rather not. <laughs> um, but maybe just give us a little bit of an introduction of who you are and how you got here. Okay, so my name's Eleni Comstock. I got to this room by walking down the hallway. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a, it was a grand torture. Okay. <laughs> um, what year are you in school? Second in college. Okay, and you're studying mechanical engineering, technology, and human geography with a double degree. Whoa. So why? Those are like the, to- yeah, polar, two totally different things. Polar opposite. Yeah. So. Mechanical engineering technology, pretty much how I like to describe it, is um, mechanical engineering, but a lot more machine shop and a lot less math and physics. So it's very practical and not theoretical. Okay. And I can get all the jobs mechanical engineers can get, but not like building an air conditioning system. And I don't want to do that. Um, And then human geography, how I like to say, it's the combination of anthropology, physical geography, um, culture, people, ideas, and then studying the different trends in different places. So you can do economic geography where you different economic trends and why they're there. So the social background of hard science. Wow. Um, so okay. it's almost the most even combination of hard science and soft science you can possibly obtain in a degree. And what I want to do with them is um, build stuff to build community. And I don't like to say build stuff to help people because it creates like an us-them mindset and I've been on both sides of that equation and I hate both. So just creating community I think can benefit all parties and that's what I want to do. I love hammers. (laughs) (laughs) So you're very like a hands-on kind of person. You really want to do things. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay, good. But but you care about people at the same time. Yeah. So, um... Not just a gearhead. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So then... You're not from Montana, though, is that right? Oh, yeah, no. Okay. No, I'm from California. Okay. Yeah. And um, when you said you've been on, like, both sides of that equation. Oh, yeah, so mm, it's pretty much... Like, what's the background behind that? <laughs> short, long story short. Yeah, short story long. No, that, that, <laughs> that, that'll take a couple days. Okay. <laughs> this whole story takes days to tell, so okay. that's why it's shortened. Okay. But I have, like, uh, I call it my holy trinity okay. of disabilities. Okay. Um, and so, like, uh, that's a great, that's oh, a great yeah. nickname It's for great. It. And then also, like, I'm not very religious, so it's, like, my religion, which is not true. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's another conversation. But anyways, so I have Echler's Don loss, which means I dislocate all my joints and get shooting oh, nerve no pain. Way. Yeah. Do you have oh, it? No, I learned oh. about it. <laughs> and, like, I I've learned about, to... about it. I learned about it multiple times. So I don't have it. I'd be very happy. Um, but yeah, it's I have pretty that. rare, though. Oh, yeah, it's right? 1 in 15,000. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I also got abdominal migraines in fifth grade, which got diagnosed as meningitis at first. And so it was like doctors told me I was dying and on my deathbed in fifth grade, which isn't the most pleasing thing to hear right. and then I also have a form of autism called PDD-NOS which also no one's heard about so what is that Asperger's without a speech delay as you can tell I talk just fine <laughs> literally just Asperger's so you have like this neurological meningitis type debilitating migraines oh yeah no it was the, it's abdominal migraines what so is it? it was misdiagnosed as meningitis okay so pretty much what abdominal migraines are is migraines in your stomach that only kids get. And then it's also, like, not a lot of kids. Right. <laughs> so I've never known someone who has had them. Right. So all three things are pretty rare. 
Then you have like a physical dislocation of all your limbs. Yeah, that's why I have to work out two hours a day. Is that really? Yes. Okay, That's cool. the reason, because if I don't, I'll be in immense pain or in a wheelchair or on crutches. Really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so for me, it's two extremes, fit or crutches. Like, right. Well, obviously fit. Right? Yeah. That's kind of like what yeah. you need to do. Yeah. And then the last one is P, you said some acronym. P-D-D-N-O-S. No clue what it stands okay. for. <laughs> I'm sure I'll look it up and you can find it. We'll figure it out. Pervasive developmental disorder not otherwise specified. Asperger's oh. without the speech delay is okay. what it is. Cool. Also, like, I can go into this whole sexism thing, but, like, I got diagnosed at 16 with that just because I'm a girl. Because they, because when I was two, oh, yeah. when the normal autism diagnosis is, they didn't ever diagnose girls with autism. Because it's a boy's disorder. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Trust me. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Wow. I believe that, but <laughs> that's so funny. I just took a abnormal psych class today, and one of the questions was, "Is autism or is Asperger's a thing?" And the answer, the professor told us to answer no, but it's so it's under autism, right? And, and so, it's and a I understand that it's now like it's now moved to a spectrum, yeah, rather than certain disorders, uh-huh. which I think is a much better way to diagnose yeah. things. Yeah, and also it's like. I didn't really talk before I was 14, like, at all. Are you all. serious? Oh, yeah, no. And now it's just like... I'm making up for lost time, guys! <laughs> okay, so you didn't talk until you were 14 well, okay, more or less. I talked, but, like, my sentences did not make sense. Okay. <laughs> I've been told. Okay. <laughs> that, like, I talked, but who could tell what I was saying or meaning? Because I uh, said one thing and meant something completely different. Yeah. Could not be in a crowd of more than, like, five people, or else I would go crazy. And like, yeah, a bunch of quirks are definite, like... <laughs> wow, so you yeah. really worked oh, yeah. your way out of that. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. That's really cool. It's a decent thing. So how did you... How, how did you go about doing that, though? Oh, a long process. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a longer story. Okay, well, yeah, maybe, maybe another time. time <laughs> so tell me a little bit about... I mean, your ideal thing when you get out of school. Because um, I feel like I feel like it's hard for at least for me to grasp what people can do with mechanical engineering. Uh-huh. Is that what it is, right? Mechanical engineering technology. Technology. So, MET. Te- MET and a geography, human yeah. geography degree. Yeah. So my ideal is about fifteen different jobs. Okay. So. Currently, I work two jobs, go to school full-time, have seven jobs in the summer. I like to stay busy, active, busy, and then also intellectually busy. And once I get out of school, I still need to stay as busy as I am currently. And I have to have the whatever job I have keep changing. Because if it stays the same and I have to pr- like do the same thing over and over, I will like go crazy. Um, and I think that's <laughs> the case with most people, and people just don't want to like admit, admit it. it. <laughs> yeah. But. Most likely. Anyways, but I'm very aware of that. Like, I had a maritime engineering job this last summer, and it was a 60% desk work, and I was dressed in business casual clothes, but I took laps, like, running on the second floor so that, like, I could get my energy out. Anyways, ideal job after graduation, I anywhere from FBI agent to Coast Guard, to social change engineering firm, to um, uh, innovation engineering firm, which is pretty much I would play with kids' toys all day and then improve on them, which is perfect for me. 
and then or a nonprofit who travels the world. So it's a bunch of different things that I would find really really cool. <laughs> yeah, and all all to help people and build, build yeah build community in yeah. a sense. Okay. Yeah, and is there like a certain community you want to build it for? A certain group of people that not. Just people, white people. Just, okay. <laughs> like, like, I don't know how to say so it. kind no. of the underdog. Yeah. Whoever yeah. that help, may be. Help the under. Yeah. And I don't, I don't um, want to say, like, I only want to, like, build community in these groups or whatever. Because right. I think combining different communities to form a bigger community is always beneficial when it can happen. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it like, what is it like being an MET major? here at Montana State University where, as I understand it, like 99% of the students are boys. They're male. Oh, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so it's it's more around 97%. Okay, So sorry. much better. Okay, right. <laughs> 97% are male. I, I don't know. I, okay, when I walk into a classroom for MET, that is MET specific and there's no other majors there, I am most likely, more likely than not, the only female. And if there's another female, it usually is, okay, it's only one. Or maximum two. That is the max other females that I have in my classroom. Um, And how big are these classes? Are they like 25 kids or 50 kids? From 20 to 40. Okay. On any different given class. If it's a lab, it's less. Just because how many CNC lanes can you have people working on at once? Right. And supervise. So those are more like 10 people. But so I like to say when I walk into a classroom, yes, there's a certain percentage that sees me as one of their fellow classmates. And that's probably around 10%. Really? Oh, yeah, it's small. The other percentage I like to group into two different groups. One of them sexualize me. So when I walk in, they see me as their potential mate and really want to date me, which, by the way, is not going to happen ever. Right. right. Um, <laughs> like say no to I can just I can just see like this intense frustration (laughs) on your face right now and it's more frustration because I like friendship and I'm like the second you ask me out you don't want to be my friend right and I'm like I want to be your friend right so it's it's anyways I love friendship and I cherish it and so that destroys that notion right and then the other side of the room or this percentage I've been talking about is um sexist (laughs) for lack of a better term I've been asked to fetch paper towels I've been um, not talked to. I've been turned, like, like literally blatantly ignored. Um, people walk away. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I like the group that just sees me as a fellow student. Like, I don't need anything special. I just want um, <laughs> to be given a chance. Right. So, but is that in, like, in a group setting when, when it's like, okay, guys, like, 15-minute group project. Everyone sit together and, like, talk about this problem. <laughs> and people just ignore you or... So, yes, um, sometimes. So the group projects, I'm very adamant for them not to ignore me. If it's only, like, three or four people, I can speak. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm not going to take over the conversation because I'm not that type of person. But I, I'll get my idea in and make sure they're not going to make something that is going to get me an F. Because right. I'd rather not. Naturally. <laughs> yes, naturally, I'd rather not get an F um, just because people ignore me in a group. And I've never had it so bad that everyone else in the group doesn't want to work with me. It's usually one person, and then the other two are, like, fine. But the other two, usually what happens is both of them start asking me out. Mm. So that's the more common scenario if we're in a smaller group, because people don't want to be seen as sexist. 
Right. That is not something people want on their track record. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ever. Yeah. Even if they're not aware of it, that is, smaller groups are usually better. Um, But bigger groups, I can... (laughs) That's when you're, you're, you kind of freak out, is that right? Or, um, or you just have a so, harder time? No, um, that's when other people have a harder time. So now the answer is I can go in a bigger group and put music in my ears and be fine. Okay. I have strategies. It's not a problem. I can talk if I'm having a great day. But if I walk into a room and there's a lot of other people, they can usually talk with each other. Don't have a, they have excuses not to talk to me because I'm the female. And so if there's other people to talk to and it's not just a group of four, people can go up to their dude friend and be like, hey, yo, what's up with that motor? Like, <laughs> Right, like the ratio is just perfect enough yeah. to exclude you. Exactly. And so when I went into, went into this one, I think it was a meeting for something. I've never been back, obviously. After I tell you the story, it'll be blatantly clear why. But I walked in and there was pizza. Oh, I think it was a resume writing workshop. And so I walked in because I really wanted help writing my resume because I find those very challenging and this guy was standing probably 20 feet away from me turned around looked at me and said and I quote I'm not paraphrasing here sweetheart go fetch us mints and paper towels turned back around and I'm sitting there in the door frame thinking the heck just happened because that's not something I would ever think happened like I was in high school thinking sexism didn't exist like most of us yeah most of us probably I had friends who thought it did I'm like no you guys are just not looking right but now no it does and I that just hit me like it's like freaking metal ball and I went and got myself a paper towel ate my six slices of pizza and never came back (laughs) wow yeah did you go up and talk to him and be like, oh. yo, like, by the way, I only got one paper towel for me. I'm really sorry. But, you know, you might, sweetheart, why don't you go grab one for yourself? I, like, retrospectively, there's so many good sarcastic comebacks. But when something is that unexpected, I don't have anything. Right. So all my conversations, I plan out in my head. All these stories I've been telling you, I have rehearsed hundreds of times. Oh, my gosh. To yeah. be able to, and not for this, like, just for life. I tell these stories all the time just to be able to tell them in a way that others will comprehend. So if something happens and I'm not prepared, it like blindsides me, I'm not gonna talk. Like I'll become nonverbal real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but what, my favorite instance of something that didn't blindside me that I had been practicing was, I was in a calculus class last year. So not not bad gender ratio. Right. It was pretty even I would say. Oh, uh, it was probably or maybe a third. Girls. Yeah, it was a third girls, two thirds boys probably. Okay. Um, and. This chick sitting probably four, te- four seats away from me needed an eraser. And for some reason that day, I was prepared and had an eraser. Don't know why, but I had one. So I lightly tossed it to her because I lightly, because I didn't want to wham her in the head or anything. And this dude sitting next to me looked at me. He's like, oh, you throw like a girl. And I looked at him and I just started wholeheartedly agreeing with him. And I said, oh, I, I do. I know. What? Thank you so much for enlightening me. And oh, now that I now that I think about it, I must also throw like a person with brown hair, cause oh oh my oh my goodness, <laughs> I have brown hair. But but wait, like I guess I also dirt bike like a girl and do martial arts like a girl, and and rock like oh you're thank you so much for enlightening me. So I'm sitting there agreeing with this dude, and he, now he's pretty defensive, but I'm just agreeing, saying yes, I know, I do. Thank you for noticing. Um, cause I'm a female, like I better throw like myself. 
And then, um, but everyone else around started saying, like, dude, that's not chill. And they, they were disagreeing with him. And I'm just wholeheartedly bringing attention to the matter and saying, oh, no, I do. I'm a chick and I throw like a chick. Oh Thank God. you for noticing. What a, what a great comeback. <laughs> yeah. Oh Most my of my comebacks are sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's probably the best way to ever. Yeah. That's a great, I'll, I'll save that for the future when someone's like, hey, yeah. you throw like a girl or something. And, <laughs> and then name all these badass things you do. Right, and, right. and they're like, oh, fine. Yeah, metalwork like a girl and do woodworking like a girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I drive a stick shift like a girl. <laughs> I can keep going. What are some of the um? What are the some of the other ratio like not ratios? Gosh, come on, Becca. Um. Situations. I don't know how I got those two words mixed oh, up. Most of the others aren't blatant. Okay. Yeah. But do you have like like what are some of the other comebacks that you might have to someone being sexist or someone trying to ask you out and like trying to just be like oh the ask out one I have so many. I I, the, I got asked out on Monday. Okay. Like, four days, two days ago, Monday. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I, I'm in the office all the time, and it this seems to be, like, a recurrent issue. Like, it's, like, a weekly or bi-weekly it's thing. It's awful! Yeah. I love friendship, and I really just want these dudes right. to stop. And you probably are just approaching them and being like, hey, guys, like, yeah. let's be friends. Like, yeah. you know, it's... I make it very clear I don't want to date them. Right. And they're like, whatever, like, you want to And there's out. a lot of reasons for that. And I have mine, and I'm not going to date them. And they're not going to change my mind, and I'm not playing hard to get, which I have been told, and people have told me they're going to try harder, because I'm playing hard to get, and I'm like, you're partially correct. I'm actually impossible, so how about you go after someone else? You're wasting your time. But, um, yeah, the one on Monday, I just texted him, I'm like, I don't date people. Like, maybe if you're a microbe or something, maybe. I just make, <laughs> make like, these ridiculous claims. I, I only date pine cones. Yeah, I only date pine cones. Like, yes, now you're going to think I'm a weirdo, but I am. <laughs> That's not why, but. So, yeah, I, I have a lot of comebacks to the dating one. Um, have you ever, here's kind of a different question. Yeah. Are most of your professors male? Oh, yeah. Do you find that they treat you differently in the class, or do you feel like they're pretty, they're pre- like, oh, my God, come on, just speak. <laughs> Sorry, I have dyslexia, so yeah. it's, like, kind of ironic that I like to talk to people, but. They are pretty uh, even as far as their treatment to other people. I have not encountered, um, let me, okay. In terms of the engineering department thus far, and I have not taken many upper division MET courses yet, but thus far the engineering department's pretty good. Great. My favorite professor, who I think honestly is the best person on earth, is a materials engineer by trade. This um, was your test yesterday that yeah. you loved. Materials that you were engineering. Like, you're like so obsessed about. If I wasn't a mechanical engineering technology student, I would be a materials engineering student. I think it's fascinating and I would do it all the time. But Dr. Sophie is an awesome professor. Um, I've talked to him multiple times about building a battery box with all these weird characteristics because I'm part of a solar car team. Um, I've talked to him about being a female in MET and he listens and he's like, yeah, that must suck. <laughs> Right. But, yeah, he's a good person, treats me probably just like everyone else. Maybe better because I go to his office hours type of thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> not Which because... I think would be the case with any professor if they know yeah. you sitting in the class. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, obviously, there's engineering professors that just don't talk because they're so geeky. Like, I have an electrical engineering professor this past semester who is the 
geekiest person, will not really talk to anyone. Good professor, but if you want to hold a conversation with him, it's not happening. <laughs> he will start talking about his guitar. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that's it. Like, he just doesn't have any social skills. And he does, he just doesn't choose to use mm, them. Yeah. Because he doesn't need to. Yeah. And he's a good professor, and I hate electrical engineering because I don't like the class. Right. But, um, so there's professors like that. The only, um, not great professor I found is in, is the business department, actually. I've only taken one class there, and I will never, ever <laughs> go there again. You're done. I'm so done with that. <laughs> and th- this one professor, and he bugged me. Yeah. Racist, sexist, and homophobic all uh, at once. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, you know, <laughs> they seem to come out of the woodwork sometimes, I yeah. think. And I think you can get stuck with one. Like, I thought I was going to enjoy this class. It's called International Business. Nope, did not. I was so happy to get out of it relieved. Yeah, I think that's what Still. makes or breaks a class, in a sense, is the professor. Sometimes. Like, I just know um, some of the classes that I didn't enjoy the material. I really, the only reason I would go to class was because of the professor. And because mm-hmm. I wanted to listen to them yeah. and hear them talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really disappointing when you enjoy the material and the professor is so yes, bad. Yes, Oh my gosh, that's like one of the most frustrating things mm-hmm. because you're like, I came here to learn and like specifically learn about like mm-hmm. this class and you're making it almost physically impossible for me to enjoy it, <laughs> let alone learn anything or from the class. Or I have to self-teach myself this subject. I love, but now I don't know. <laughs> right, yeah. Um... What, uh, oh, yeah, so can you explain to me what, <coughs> excuse me, yeah, of course, you good? Mm-hmm. Can you explain to me what, um, can you explain to me material engineering? Oh, uh, I don't, I don't quite know if I can do that. I mean, you gave a really great, like, two-minute synopsis the other day. It, so, in a, in a sentence, it's, Chemistry on engineering steroids. That is how I describe it. Wow. Because um, it's what it's doing is it's looking at the molecular level and seeing how one can break science to better engineer materials. If you think um, ceramics, they're not usually electroconductive. They don't usually conduct electricity. There's now materials that conduct electricity that are also have the properties of ceramics. There's artificial spider silk, something that we only thought was a natural phenomenon. Now people can make it. So there, there's all these developments that almost sound like ironic that people are still creating and breaking science. So we got into class on the first week, and Dr. Sophie, he looked at all of us and said, I'm so glad you guys took the chemistry prereq for this class. We are going to break it. Whoa. We broke chemistry in this class, and it's super fascinating, and it focused on breaking chemistry, breaking science, and that is engineering, and that is so cool, and there's Whoa. so many more. To, he's giving a lecture, and then, so mild steel. It's a very specific type of steel, composite, very specific composition of carbon, et cetera, et cetera. The thing with mild steel is it has this really, really wacky, diagram of its properties no one knows why we have a phenomenon name for it but people do not know why it happens what, what's the name so it's this ductile to ductile to brittle transition temperature uh, the concept is going to take way too long okay. to explain skip it but um but they know it happens they don't know why yet we still don't know why materials behave certain ways 
mild steel, the most commonly used engineering material. We don't know why it behaves like it does. What? I know. What? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I feel safe anymore. <laughs> and so we know how, how it behaves, but we don't know why. We know why electrons are electrons, but we don't know why mild steel behaves way, the way it does. Wow. So there's definitely like a missing puzzle piece. There's so many missing puzzle pieces. It's so not a complete engineering field, and that is why it's an engineering field. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So you're like hijacking chemistry. You're exactly. Like, you're, like, you're like, yeah, like... I don't it's, like that. <laughs> yeah, it should behave like this, but I bet we can morph it into doing this. Yeah, or I don't like that. I'm going to change it. Wow. Yeah. Or like, I want to use this specific material because of X, Y, and Z, but it needs to have this property, so I'm going to change exactly. it. Exactly, and there's some properties people have still not figured out how to match yet. Wow. But it's, I don't know. I find it, the hijacking and breaking rules is something I've always liked. Um, never stole a car. <laughs> prefacing it with that <laughs> but um maybe other things but no I okay I stole <laughs> a bouncy ball when I was two years old yeah, that my think, mother I made think, me return I think most of us I think most of us have <laughs> but probably holding in my little hand and my mother had to pry my right. hand over and you're like and you're like tearing and then I up went back crying. to the store with my mother making she made me return it and the, uh, apparently there's a high school chick behind the counter he's like oh no it's okay it's okay and my mother's like no it's not <laughs> she has to learn this lesson yeah. now <laughs> yeah um Anyways, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I think breaking rules is really cool. And that's what human geography is, too. It's finding out why rules are why. Like social, like social norms. Social norms. So engineering is breaking physical rules or changing physical rules, altering physical rules, finding what the physical rules even are. Human geography is breaking the rules, changing the rules, finding out why they are in economics, culture, whatever. Wow. Mm-hmm. What are some of the most bizarre social norms or most frustrating social norms that you find? That All you of them. Just, well, <laughs> I mean, I, but it's obviously something human beings just do automatically because they're so prevalent. Yeah. So the so what I like to say is most people come out of, like, the womb and then they, like, can pick up these social norms and cultural norms pretty easily. My case, I couldn't. Right. That is how I was born. I could not figure out why people were doing X, Y, Z, and why I couldn't do Z, Y, X. Okay. Okay, I couldn't like, figure it out. Do you have an example? Do you remember oh. any examples where you're like, I don't I understand why people are doing this, and when I try and Dresses. Okay. I hate dresses. I still don't know why they're a thing. Like, I don't see the appeal. I don't see the cultural significance. I don't know why they're considered nice clothing. Also, what is nice clothing? Like, why is it nice clothing? Why can't I wear a cotton t-shirt and jeans and that be nice clothing? It's all branding. Um, that's one that I still don't understand, but I'm trying to think of one that, like, I grew out of not understanding. Um, so when I was younger, I was confused by a lot of um, sensory inputs, okay? So a normal person, they have, you have touch, you have smell, you have vision, you have hearing the five, the five, the five senses. senses okay and they get a certain number of inputs from each on every given minute okay i get that times 100 every minute uh, that is what asperger's is okay people process it differently every person is different i process it by hating confusion so if you're getting all these inputs and i hate confusion i'm going to figure out what's happening so that is why i'm aware and that is why i like human geography cool yes yeah. really so it all ties together pretty well and, it, and that kind of plays into engineering. Exactly. Wow. I don't like confusion. Wow. So you almost chose your majors based on how, how you view... How I live my life. 
Yeah, how your brain works. Yeah, for sure. Wow. And it's it's I find it quite fascinating because most engineers hate writing. And I tested out of the writing class if I was in any other major. But last year I had to take writing 101 because all engineers are required to take writing even if you test out of it. And I was really grumpy about it. I did not want to take writing 101. I'm a fairly decent writer. Um, at least I think so. But I get in this class and I'm like not having it. Don't want to be there. And then I start reading other people's essays. There's no verbs in some sentences. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, I'm okay being here now because the engineers really do know how to write. Um, but I'm an engineer who loves writing. And the specific type of writing I like is spoken word poetry. Cool. <laughs> and so I do poetry, engineering, and human geography, which is a combination that is not readily available. That's like, that's like you know. <laughs> it's a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like you. Yeah, of I course. I hope you take that as a compliment. I definitely have a horn growing out of my head. <laughs> no, I meant it in the sense of, like, it's very rare and very, like, special. Yeah, that's how I meant just, it, Just, like, fascinating. Yeah. So. Cool. Do you have any, like, spoken poetry off the top of your head? Yeah, I have a piece. Phone? I have a piece memorized, but I'm not going to say it because I'll forget something. But oh. I can grab it off my phone. Because yeah. it's. I'd love that. Yeah, I, um, it's actually one that I did for the Bozeman monologues. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do it all the time. I love it's how I organize and then hate confusion, so I organize through poetry. Right. And so when I couldn't talk when I was younger, sensically, I'd write poetry to tell others what I was feeling. Right. Wow. Because I couldn't verbalize it, but I could write it. Right. You could write it, and that kind of provide mm-hmm. provided kind of a schema for you to apply exactly. all your thoughts to. Yeah. Um, ah, come on. I'm going to get this someday. Mm-hmm. But you've been doing it since you were about? Fifth grade. Fifth. Okay. And I didn't know I was doing it in fifth grade. You just, like, started writing stuff, mm-hmm. and you were just like, I just have to put some words on paper and kind of make sense exactly. of things. And then my mother, who's an English teacher, found my crumpled up piece of paper in the trash, thinking I was writing a diary or something, which I was not. I was writing spoken word poetry. Diaries are great for some people. I don't do them. I d- can't understand yeah. them. But, um... I find they were, like, really self-centered and, like, really depressing. I, I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. But, anyways, so this one is about the being a female in engineering. Okay. Um... It's called Watts of Testosterone, as in the power oh my um, gosh. unit. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's <laughs> brilliant. Oh my gosh. Okay, okay um, I'm so ready to listen to this. It appeared my... Uh, let me start over. Sure. I understand. Don't worry, I totally understand if you like flip your words around. It appeared that I was invisible, that my body and words were camouflaging into the depths of space, unable to be seen by the people standing only three feet away. The thing is that I am visible. I sadly have no physical superpower of invisibility that allows me to shut off a material figure. My body, the one that stands five foot four and wears a brown ponytail as a cap, is very real and dresses in what some may deem as tomboy clothing. My voice, the one that on occasion does not string words together in a sensical manner, is very audible. But even with a materialized figure and audible words, I was invisible to the guys recruiting for their car building team. For every second of the 10 minutes I stood at their booth, I was not noticed. For the multiple attempts my words had at gaining their attention, 
I was not heard. The odd thing was that every person who walked up to the booth with a penis stuffed within their shorts was not invisible to the car building team members. They were all noticed and urged to partake in dialogue. They were all seen as possible future team members while I only acted as a window to the crowd which strolled through the aisles behind me. This instance of invisibility was almost two years ago now, but it was not the last time where I was reminded that I do not carry the tools of testosterone. Every time I walk into one of my technical labs, it is necessary for me to prove my worth twofold over so I may be seen as half capable. A day does not go by where I am not hyper aware of being a chick. Though, my worried thoughts which cross-examine the oddities in my life have so many more concentrations than that just of being female. My life is also not a series of perfectly straight storylines which all fit together like a bundle of celery. These stories of mine mimic the curly Greek hair that I wake up with in the mornings. They are a mess of tangles, knots, and unwielding behaviors, but unlike my hair, the jumble of my life's facets is not detanglable. I can't just leave my 14-year-old face at the entrance to my college classrooms just like I can't morph into a male's body for my technical labs. I can't shed my form of autism when conversing with fellow peers or future employers. I cannot scroll back in time to make up the school that I missed due to hospitalizing migraines. <clears throat> Every morning though, the sun always comes up and another breath of air always comes into my lungs. This game of life which I've played for the past 20 years has sure as hell not been a cakewalk. But recently, I've made a conscious decision to enjoy it. To find sarcasm in the packages that the devil delivers at my doorstep. To wake up every day and think first about the jewels that my day has ahead of it. And then plan how I may spread this smile on my face to others. Like how bees spread pollen. <laughs> This does not mean, though, that I've turned a blind eye to the invisibility which estrogen gifts me in machine shops. I make jokes over my sexist encounters because that helps my brain keep a tinge of sanity, but also always paired with my sarcastic comments are concrete actions, actions which I do with hopes of someday equalizing the power given to the tools of estrogen and to the tools of testosterone. This equity amongst genders is not something I only hope to achieve in spaces that contain CNC mills. It is something that I hope is achieved in all of the earth through various means. I like to think that I still have the ability to see magnificently beautiful sunsets, even when there are massive, dirty, dingy mentalities of car building team members causing a disturbance in the landscape. I work to appreciate all that the sunset has to offer while simultaneously finding ways of tearing down certain limiting mentalities blocking my view. That's it. That's that's that that's one of them. <laughs> I have goosebumps. <laughs> well, I don't know if you can see them, but like my like I just have goosebumps. Yeah, so I'm an engineer who loves writing. <laughs> In that, other words. That's incredible. Thank you. I'm like kind of, I, <laughs> I thought we were going to sit in here and like talk about like math and like, oh, I hate like math. being a girl. I hate math. Like, you just blew me away with like this huge, great artistic work of poetry. Thank you. I hate math. That's why I'm not a mechanical engineer. <laughs> One of the reasons. There, and there's your sarcasm showing through just a little bit. Oh, for bit. sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not a math person. I don't like it. <laughs> wow. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing. Kat. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
when did you write that piece? Oh, has, when did I write that? Yeah, because it sounds like it's been kind uh, of... Oh, no, it's pretty... Uh, last semester for a final. Nice. Yep. I hope you got an A, obviously. Yeah, the class was brutally easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, has this, like... Have you found, like, this as a way of... Have you built off of this concept that was in that piece? Like, the concepts in that piece, have you kind of found mm. different ways? So... Oh, what do you mean? Rephrase. <laughs> like, so that piece, Which like, concepts? I don't know. There's a lot in there. <laughs> so, like, let's let's tear this down for just a second. Okay. Like, like, analyze this. So there is, like, kind of, like, the masculinity, the whole storyline of not being accepted into the mm-hmm. team. But now you are on a team. Is that right? Is it- oh, it's a different team. Okay, different team. And then that team, I now know people who run it, and so I probably join it. Okay. Um. Yeah, I give people way too many chances. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes you have to oh, though, because yeah, they don't. Yeah, for sure. You know. Yeah, um, yeah. I have a I have a thing of. There's only a couple people in my life that I wish to never talk to again, and very few. As I say, very few. I mean zero. Um, yes, there are people who aren't the nicest, and I'd rather not talk to at the time again. But if anyone comes up to me and is like, "Hey, what? I need help," I'll always give them help. Yeah. So I'm that just type of person. Yeah. Um, and so if someone changes, I'm like, oh, oh, you're fine now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might take me a little longer to trust them. Naturally. Being a like, human. Totally fine. Um, <laughs> but totally fine again. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't hold grudges. <laughs> it's one of the... Also, I just finished reading a book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yes. I, oh, my gosh, <laughs> yes. That's such ha- a good okay. book. So most people read that book, and they're like, this is such a good book. This is how I should live my life. This is such a good idea. I read that book and thought, oh, my goodness, my way of life is validi- <laughs> validated. I've been doing this since I was four. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was more of a validating book of like, oh, this is cool. It was a New York Times bestseller. I guess my lifestyle is good. Um, <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I write... That's great. I write poetry on everything. Nice. Um, most of it. So actually, I, st- I just started sharing it. Like, I didn't tell anyone a year ago I did this. I think that's the case with a lot of people that write... I was forced into it. By your class? Or by, by a friend? a mentor. Ooh. So I worked the Hatch Conference in Big Sky last oh, yeah. semester. Yeah, I, I know Yarrow. Oh, nice. I worked it. Nice. So I, I set up so all what the... what did you do? I set up all the trussing. <laughs> oh, my God. They had you set up all the trussing? Oh, yeah, and then I dislocated my ankle, put on a boot, and still climbed the trussing. <laughs> I was oh on a gosh. team of, like, five other yeah. men. Yeah, I know. Five men yeah. and me set yeah, up the I've, trussing. I've worked it before, so I know, I know the gist. Yeah. yeah, so anyways, so I'm there at this event. Pretty much it's a gathering of, like, 140 geniuses and social changers and people that you aspire to talk to but never probably would because I'm not as good as they are um or as accomplished in every part of life well you're um, only what, and changing the world years old. 20 yeah. yeah um and so so I'm setting up the trussing and but I when people tell me to do a task you do this I do it I don't stop I now have a task I'm good <laughs> if I'm bored that's when I go crazy but so I worked for 72 hours straight before the event. Whoa. Um, most people didn't. <laughs> I was probably the only one. But as a reward during the event, I got to partake in the whole event. I didn't stop. Like, they did not make me do desk work. I just set up a few tables every now and then, but that was it. Anyway, so I'm doing this event, 
and talking to people who I'm like, oh my goodness, like you're the coolest person. And I was, so we were doing this thing where we were sharing for like two minutes of some passions of ours. I mentioned briefly for two and a half seconds spoken word poetry in a list of things I'm passionate about. Probably dirt biking and rock climbing were on either side of that. Um, and this woman I was talking to goes to Philip Shepard, who's written the film score for like 300 films, and says, Eleni does spoken word poetry, she should present tonight. Philip Shepard came up to me and said, Eleni, I hear you do spoken word poetry. And I'm sitting there not knowing how he knows. Um, he said, you're presenting tonight, good luck, and walks away. <laughs> So, as I said, I was thrown into it, and the first audience I had was 140 geniuses. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Was it a different piece than that, though, or was... Oh, no, it was different. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That Thank is you. so cool. Yeah. yeah, it was freaky. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, it's not memorized, and he looked at me, he's like, eh, get up. <laughs> he's like, I don't care. Yeah. I thought you didn't give a fuck. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's amazing. That is so cool. It's fun. Hatch is um Hatch is interesting and cool and, mm-hmm. um yeah. So what an opportunity. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Sweet. It's pretty enjoyable. Um what is So what's next for you? Well, I'm going to go pack and then I'm going to drive <laughs> to California tomorrow. <laughs> Like, I mean, so it seems that you, this year, you've kind of, you've kind of overcame, like, certain obstacles or kind of, like, met certain, Mm -hmm. like, marks, kind of. Yeah. Is there anything that you're just dying to do that you can't wait to accomplish? (laughs) Athletic stuff, so I want to run a mile in six minutes. I'm not there yet. Um, (laughs) If I talk about life stuff, then we get into different topic. Um, I, uh, I want to start, like, accepting help, because <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I just started accepting help from material things. When I say just, I mean I would dislocate my ankle and not wear a boot and not do crutches and hop to class. So now I wear a boot and use crutches. Right. So steps in the right direction, am I right? But, like, I need to start, like, <laughs> actually accepting help because I give it, but I will not accept it. So that's the next thing I'm working on. It's like, eh, I should probably do this. But <laughs> Do you um, mind if I ask why you... Why you uh, uh, it, it, whole thing growing up, uh, t- too complicated to get into. Okay. Just childhood screws with some people. I think, it's, <laughs> I think it screws with all of us. Uh-huh. And then, to certain extents, yeah. Yeah. Some people way more uh, yeah. worse off. Yeah, than other yeah. Let's put that arrow towards me. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just say childhood stuff made me not ever want help. Um, getting out of that now. So like that's the next like thing that I'm working on. Um, in terms of school. Um, okay, I'm gonna keep not giving a fuck about school. But <laughs> I'm not an all A student. I get A's and B's. I don't really try. I get enough decent grades that I can do stuff that I want to do. I'll have a job for full-time next semester, (laughs) and I I still volunteer, and I I don't know. I don't put the priority on school that most people do, but I'm okay with that. I'm not going to change. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Good for you. I don't know. Whatever comes, comes. I usually say yes to every single thing if I can... If it doesn't cost me anything, like money-wise, because I don't have money. But but if someone comes up to me and is like, Hey, Lonnie, you want to work in the machine shop for three months? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I 
think I was talking to you yesterday, and it was, like, right before your final. Uh-huh. And I was like, are you stressed out about your final? And you're like, no, I'm stressed out about this volunteering <laughs> position at this mar- martial oh, arts place. Well, that is so stressful for me because I really want to work there. And I do martial arts, and I've done it for years, and What's I, so stress? Like, what is the one thing that's so stressful about it, though? If I'm good enough! Like, like, so it's a volunteer thing in Oakland, California. Um, it's a martial arts gym that's free for all children in Oakland to get them off the street, out of gangs, out of drugs, and do martial arts instead. Whoa. Also, it gives them self-defense. Cool. And so I really want to work there, because I feel really close to that issue, and I, like, it... Their whole thing is building community. Like, right. they provide lunch and stuff like that. I'm like, can I, like, yeah. join? Yeah. Um, and I want to be a part of the community. And I want people to teach me. And I want to be able to teach others. And just, like... Like, you're just stoked about this yes. project. And... But the thing is, I have to be good. <laughs> to be able... Because they teach... So they don't teach Kajukenbo, which is the style I do. They teach kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, and regular boxing. I can't do the jiu-jitsu or regular boxing. That's not happening for me. But kickboxing, I can do. It's part of the style I, I do. And so, um, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting because I'm going to go in hopefully next week and just train with them, and they're going to see if I can help them or not. You know, I think if you go in there with, like, an attitude of, like, oh. I already got this, like, no. if you have so much energy, it's oh. kind of, like, kind of, like, contagious in a sense. Well, thank you. I, I just hope I get it. But, yeah, and I'll have, like, three different paid jobs this summer and another volunteer thing. Actually, the shirt I'm wearing today, all my shirts are from this place. Um, it's Foundation of the Rise. I was going to ask you about that because it's, like, quite a cool I have, like, ten there. shirts from this place. Taylor Family Foundation. Yeah, it's a foundation that provides cancer kids with disabilities, chronic illnesses, and cancer. And they also do music therapy programs in the nearest children's hospitals. Whoa. So it's awesome. And I've worked there for five years, and I love it to death. So I'll volunteer here again, and I'll get more shirts, which I don't like shopping, so it's great getting free shirts. (laughs) Win-win. It's, like, so easy. It's so convenient. Yeah, and then I'll do civil engineering this summer. I'll do, hopefully, a machine shop full-time job or airplane mechanic job. It's one or the other. Um, and then also I'll do a <laughs> human geography job, which those three are paid. Nice. <laughs> Good. At least I'm, you're getting some money. Oh, yeah. I, I make sure because I can't <laughs> You can't live. really live without money. Yeah, sadly. Uh, sadly, worlds run on dollars. <laughs> I wonder why. I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, life's fun. Okay, cool. So, last question. Oh, I have a goal. Okay. This is my, like, now, lifelong, now you know lifelong goal. Okay, and this is not happening in the next year. Okay, okay. maybe it will. But That's fine. What I really want is when asked the question, like, what would you change anything about what you're doing right now if you figured out you were dying in a year? I want the answer to be no. Okay. What do you think has to change for that to be the case? I have no clue, but I just want to enjoy every minute I'm alive. And, like, if I was dying a year, I don't want to change it. Like, I want the answer to be, I would change nothing. Like, this life is great. Right. That's what that's I want. That's a great goal. That's so such that's, a great goal. That's my goal. Well, it seems like you're pretty close to it, so. Not there yet. Not, <laughs> not there yet. So, last question for you. Yes. Um, and this is kind of how I always end things. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think people can do to make the challenges you've faced less so? Besides not being sexist, yeah. what can be, like, is it, you know, like, with your... Be a human being. Do you want to explain? Yeah, so I think humans and human beings sometimes is taken differently. Human being, being be in the moment, look 
at everyone around you as they're another human being. They have feelings. If they're acting grouchy one day, maybe don't assume they're a grouchy person. Maybe assume there's something going on that I can't personally figure out. I don't, I shouldn't ask them, but I'm going to respect them and just respecting other people. Respect the janitor. Respect the person cleaning the snow off the street outside. We're all human beings. We're all in this together. If we just see each other as ourselves almost, as a fellow human, it would get so much better. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, honestly, just like ego out, (laughs) human being in type of thing. I couldn't agree more. That's (laughs) awesome. I think that would solve so many problems in this world. So many problems. Maybe, have you ever thought that maybe because you get all this like stimulus input that you Mm -hmm. see things other people don't oh for sure yeah 100 percent. so you kind of have like an inside view into everything yeah and that's a whole nother discussion (laughs) (laughs) okay well i appreciate you talking thanks so Mm -hmm. much yeah thank you good luck on your final tomorrow morning and your drive back home it's gonna be great i'm gonna have so much tea you're gonna eat it caffeinated (laughs) (laughs) because you don't like coffee i don't know a single college kid that doesn't like coffee i wish i did i wish i did not even with cream and sugar no it's so disgusting i tried chugging one once and it just i can't do it oh no you you sip you don't oh no i could i I don't like the taste so i tried chugging it it was disgusting (laughs) well anyway good luck and thank you you too with your stuff and you too thanks yep